talking about it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, what up, man? Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've kind of watched most most of this one. Um, I texted you. I said I think it was – I feel like the um, – I feel like the Bucks are in a class of their own. So I feel like it's funny that the, I've heard a lot of Sixers hype this offseason. Uh-huh. And so I feel – I don't feel like they're in the same class. And then as soon as I texted you that, the Bucks, like Brooke Lopez hit a three. The Bucks, what's his name? Uh, Carter. First name's not coming to me. Little guard, big beard, bald. Uh, anyway, he stole the ball, and they got it right back. And it was it, – they didn't capitalize, but it was a swing of like – five points in the blink of an eye right after I texted and said <laughs> that the Bucks are, you know, in a class outpacing the Sixers. So, I mean, I don't outright disagree, but minor spoiler alert, there will be some disagreement uh, on that front come this podcast. Um, we're recording. Yeah, we're, we're a minute in. One minute Hello. Three, one minute four, one <laughs> Hello, fans. It's so glad to be back. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for having Welcome me back, back on this podcast. Uh, Not on the mic to the official NBA. You know, you know, I was thinking uh, the offseason felt particularly fast for me, but what made it feel super fast is uh, when we recorded, I realized that was like right after the last season ended. Um, and here we are recording right as the new season's beginning, and that did not feel very long at all. I mean, I've been counting every single minute of every day since our last recording because I've been itching to do this podcast with you uh, again, so thank you for having me back, but it does feel like it just happened. Well, that is true. I didn't think about the fact that that was right after the finals. Yeah. Because we were talking about Steph's place in, in the history mm-hmm. of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't thought about that. Whereas when we started just a few minutes ago, I looked and it, it looked at the date that the time we last spoke was like mid-June. And I was like, hmm, I guess that's a, like a little while ago, like three months ago. It doesn't feel that yeah. long ago, though. But yeah, you're right. It, it kind of... <laughs> Here we are, a Draymond punch, a lot of Nets drama, and, <laughs> and we're back. I mean, at think it. about the the Rudy Gobert trade. Feels like a lifetime ago at this point. It does you know that, in NBA that world? Was, that was like mid. That was like mid off season too. That was after yeah. we had the windy. You know, sit back like yeah. What do we know? He's doing we... like the Riddler, Batman. <laughs> we've had a whole since we've talked. Chet Holmgren became the most coveted <laughs> asset to being out for the year. That's that's how long it's been. In NBA terms. Yeah, it moves swiftly. Uh, It does. Well, okay, so I had you on. And and I know you were as giddy as I was. uh, What's today? I can't keep track of this week. Thursday, Tuesday night. I know you were as as equally excited as I about the season kicking back. Sure am. You bet your bottom dollar I put in for my league pass free trial. um, (laughs) Try and work my way around paying for that. Uh Uh, As one does. As, as one should, um, and I was flipping between all the games that were going on last night, and and so we determined that we were going to come together and kind of square up our, our predictions here, mm-hmm. and so I think it makes the most sense to kind of roll through first our predictions, for just for, obviously, our predictions, our standings. I think it makes sense to kind of sure. roll through where you see teams before we get into awards and before we get into uh, bold predictions and... Uh, guys we're most looking forward to seeing and uh, whatever else we got. So totally. how about I'm, I'm going to hit you with my, I, I'm an East coast guy. I'm going to hit you with my East coast and then, Great. and then you can counter with where you got and Sounds tear good. apart what I got. All right. So Lay it on me. I mentioned that uh, I am not as high on the Sixers 
But one mm-hmm. team I am super bullish on is these Bucks, and so uh, I have the Bucks at sixty wins. I'm going Bucks nice. as my number one seed in the East, sixty wins. I got the Sixers. Okay, right after that, I just think the Bucks are in a class of their own because I think they're the class of the East, and I don't think anybody else is is on par with them. Um, I think they're like one, and um, and I think it's doop, 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 doop. You go down a little bit, and you hit the Sixers. We got the Heat. Um, and then I actually have the Celtics as fourth, which I think where I have them ending the season would then surprise you based on what I got. I think that new coach thing is going to be uh, kind of weird. Hey, tangent point, Do you how, how big are you into the college game? Uh, I uh, don't watch as much college as I used to. Um, so I don't know if I could keep up tit for tat talking college hoops as well, but I'm curious where you're going with this. I just, I, I looked up Joe Missoula, you know, the new Celtics. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was like, Missoula, Missoula, like that name sounds so dang familiar. So I looked it up and I, I very vividly remember watching him on the West Virginia final four team from 2011 back when I was a senior in high school. And, uh, it's just kind of weird that now he's in the NBA coaching. Yeah. Uh, I have the Nets finishing, um, kind of rounding out non-play-in teams at, at the fifth seed. Mm-hmm. Um, 50 wins, same as the Celtics. And then my play-in teams are the Cavs, Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls. So no playoffs for the Knicks is the next one that I had, a little notable thing there. So uh, that's sort of where I saw the East. Mm-hmm. And um, Okay, now, now yeah. I want to see where you're at. Yeah, let yeah, let me give you the east. So I actually um I I'll start here. I agree that I think the Bucks are the team of the East. Uh I believe they are rightfully the favorite to come out of the East. We'll talk more about that in a second. Where I zag from you on that is I actually don't think they're gonna end with the one seed. And this is um kind of leading into a recurring theme that I think this is gonna be one of the most exciting years ever for several reasons, one of which is I think the playoffs are going to be an absolute bloodbath because I think I think the regular season standings are going to matter less than they ever have than any other year for the playoffs. Because I think, as I texted you, there are, in my opinion, 17 teams that I don't think are finals contenders. But if you were to tell me that couple people got injured and they made the conference finals i wouldn't be surprised so here are my east standings i do have the sixers uh at the one seed maybe i drank too much of the uh the kool-aid but i do think i don't know i'm buying into the like semi revenge hardened season i think this is the best squad Embiid has ever had i think they added depth um i think maxi is gonna um be a really cool uh piece growing for them um and maybe again, maybe I've just listened to too much of the the shows. I know we both listen to, but I actually have bought in on the Sixers hype. Um, at Maxi, sec- Maxi looks great. Seven quarters in, he looks yeah. tremendous. So you're, I think yeah. you're right on with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I have the Bucks. Um, I still think they're the team of the East. I just have them second um, purely because I think you know health could be a thing. I think um, you know Giannis is gonna play crazy minutes as usual and he might need to take some breaks but um they're gonna still win a ton of games third i actually have the heat um quick thing on the heat what's interesting is i find myself usually overlooking them as like a contender or to me they're not in that top tier 
But in terms of regular season standings, I thought about this. I think they ended with the one seed in the East last year. Yeah. And that was with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo both missing a lot of games. And I think we as the collective NBA fandom seem to be overlooking them a bit because they just didn't make any big offseason moves the way a lot of other teams did. But I'm also not sure they needed to because they were the one seed last year and that was without their two best players for quite a bit of the season. So I think they'll still be pretty good. What are your thoughts on that? Well, so I, I had as one of their, on my big spreadsheet here, My that's why I keep, if you see the light shining off my face, I keep flipping back and forth. Yeah. Uh, that's what I have on my big board. I have PJ Tucker being their big mm. key personnel loss, which totally helps, you know, transversely the uh, Sixers. And I think for that, I had him down two wins from last season. So I guess PJ Tucker, his if we went into baseball terms, his war is mm-hmm. uh, you know two wins maybe. But you're right. It's like it's it's so weird when you talk about the collective NBA consciousness for not giving the the Heat enough credit. It really is like what do we all take the same drug to where somehow they just they come out of the East every year and they're a top three seed, top four yeah. seed, and yeah, Jimmy plays fifty five games and it's like who's on their team? Jimmy Butler. Well, who else? Right. Uh, Bam Adebayo. Who else? Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. matter. It's like it's yeah. almost like they're becoming the new Spurs of the West from you know a decade and a half ago that they had this one pretty megawatt star but beyond that it's like i love that comp i it, it's a little apples to oranges but i actually love that comparison where it's just this like franchise that won't go away <laughs> you know um I, I mean to to compare jimmy butler to tim duncan is is a little silly it's, but it's pure blasphemy and as a duncan truth <laughs> calm down yeah but no but but you make a good point though where it's like there's something you said about they're just such a constant and i mean think about it they were in the finals the year before last year, or I'm sorry, two years ago, they played the, uh, the Lakers in the bubble finals. Um, and then last year they were one Jimmy Butler three pointer away from playing in the finals again. So that's two out of three years that they almost, or did come out of the East in the playoffs. They were the one seed last year. And that was with missing a lot of time. It is weird that we don't talk about them more. They're still not my pick to come out of the East, but I do have them as a three seed as a result. I, uh, I would agree before you hop into your play and, and the rest of your uh, non-playing at the top, I would agree with your statement that, that the, the playoffs are going to be, I think a bloodbath was the exact term that came to mind for me too. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing, the only outlier to that whole situation for either conference, I think is going to be the Bucks because they did get, sort of shafted last year by the fact that they they didn't try they they took it easy and next thing you know they're losing in the conference semis and they didn't even have a chance to to get where they wanted to ultimately at least have a play to get to the finals so i think they're the team that's just going to be like screw it and they just pound their way through the regular season um to be able to assure themselves they get a one two seed and they don't end up where they were in last year but other than that i I agree i think it's going to be a great season and a great playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I have actually, my four five is Cavs and then Celtics. So I was actually with you that I think the coach thing, I mean, they looked really good on the opening night. I think <laughs> the two J's each scored 35 points. I don't know though. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I have, 
I have a weird gut feeling about this Celtics team. Like they're the, like they've been the betting favorite all summer. And I don't know. I'm not saying last season to fluke. They're definitely a very, very good team. And they picked up Malcolm Brogdon. They have a lot of really good players. I don't know. I think regular season wise, this is going to be such a tight East. The Cavs are really the team that they're actually the East Coast team of a team that I'm going to glow about uh, in the West. But I think they're the East Coast team, East Coast version of a team that I really like. Um, I think that Donovan Mitchell trade is awesome. Um, I think they're going to win a ton of games and I think the East is going to be packed. Um, I'll just really quick uh, go through the rest. Um, I have actually Raptors at six. Uh, Hawks seven, and then this is a slight hot take. I don't have the Nets until eight. I think they will make it, but I think they're going to be fighting for those play-in spots. And I know that is like blasphemous. I don't know though, man. I I'm worried about this Nets team. Well, I'm I worried. Mean, we we both mentioned the <clears throat> going back a minute the the Celtics thing, talking about being worried. Um, I have one of their personnel losses is Ime Adoka, which like is kind of a big deal because yeah. that was the coach and he got relieved of his duties temporarily like two weeks ago and i think you're entirely validated on the whole nets worry thing because they came out last night and just took a crap in the middle of the barclays center and got drubbed by the pelicans so um i don't think it's the craziest thing to have them barely making the playoffs sneak into the play-in and if things go poorly with ben simmons which bum simmons is what i've taken to call him like that's (laughs) shocking if that were to be the case that he struggles yeah if Kyrie decides at some point to be more concerned about some something that pops up that's not basketball i think eighth is entirely plausible absolutely well and i think and again i'm not trying to overreact to one game you know opening night but boy i i have yet to feel any sense that ben simmons worked on anything since he last played basketball, <laughs> let alone like is in the headspace to be humble about it and work on his, his flaws. Kyrie's been the most wild card star of the past five years. He has, I thought I heard somewhere he's only played like 60 or 70 games in a season. It's like twice ever. <laughs> so, I mean like, so he, he misses as much games as anyone. Uh, and I think it's going to be a lot on Durant and his 34-year-old legs. You know, I really do. And they do have some good supporting players. Like, I think Seth Curry is really good. I think Joe Harris could be important to them. I mean, they have good stars. I just, boy, I don't know. This this East is stacked, and I I just don't trust them as much as I trust some of these other teams. Yeah, and I, I like Claxton, too. I think he's a valuable role player, but... I think the thing that I'm sitting here watching Giannis dunk all over the city of Philadelphia, <laughs> the the thing that you compare the the cream of the crop in the East is it it feels like the Bucks have been there and they know everybody knows their role. George Hill knows what his part is. Wesley Matthews knows what exactly is required and mm-hmm. uh, of him. Uh, Grayson Allen, all these guys, <clears throat> Bobby Portis. The thing that the Nets don't have is they don't have the chemistry of working together with each other. They don't have, I mean, Ben Simmons took a year off. Uh, they, they don't, they don't mesh super well. And so like your, to your point, it does become 34 year old Kevin Durant, just having to do crazy Kevin Durant things to be able to carry their load. Uh, and it's, <clears throat> it's too good of an East. It's like you said, you have the Cavs. Yeah. Um, it, what'd you say? Five, right? 
I have them actually four. I mean, you could flip them in the Celtics four or five, pretty much the same, but yeah, it's just, it's such a loaded East that you can't, you can't be figuring things out on the fly. You can't be, you know, building the plane as you're trying to fly in the East with how good of a league this has become, how good of an Eastern conference we're going to have this year. I do have to just complain about your calves because I, I bet on them last night and uh-huh. uh, I'm very disappointed that <laughs> blew it in Toronto. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. Lo- losing money is a fair, fair thing. <laughs> but for the sake of for the sake of predictions, I I still I feel pretty good about them. We didn't really chat on um t- two of the most interesting teams to me are like teams that could have home court advantage or could be out of the playoffs entirely. The Hawks and actually the Bulls. Those are two teams that on paper I could make the case for that they would be that they would exceed expectations um but I could equally see both of those teams especially the Bulls with uh various wonky health things various defensive issues like I didn't have them in my final eight in the in the playoffs but there was a world in which uh, a month ago thinking that Lonzo Ball would be back and that everybody would be healthy. I was going to kind of make a bold prediction that they would be a top four seed in the East. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just saying, boy, this East is so close yeah. and so tight that I think a lot of this is going to is going to come down to um, teams meshing. Like you said, there's no night off anymore. You know, I mean, unless you're playing the San Antonio Spurs this year, but there's no or the Hornets <laughs> or the Hornets. There's no night off. And, uh, and like the Nets, yeah, they're going to be like, all right, we have time to figure it out. But they kind of don't because I think you can fall very quickly in today's NBA in the standings. No, it's uh, it's going to get, I mean, we're in the end of October at this point and you're going to flip the page and it's going to be Christmas Day. And then we're looking at, you know, mid-January, we're starting mm-hmm. to look ahead of the playoff, but they, they just don't have the time. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, like it, go ahead. No, you go for it. I, no, oh, I, I know just, what I was going to say. No, yeah, no, no, here I go. I, I know what I was going to say about the Bulls and the and the Hawks. Just neither of them, neither of them is a game that I want to watch. I, I don't know mm. if that can be best explained in any sort of um, explainable terms other than I don't want to watch the Bulls. I, I don't have any factor. Like what I'm turning on watching Zach Levine score 30. I know he didn't play last right. night, but um, and, and the Hawks. What I'm watching Trey Young and. Deontay Murray passed the ball back and forth to each other. And then, (laughs) you know, somebody chucks up a three and maybe occasionally they flip it over to DeAndre Hunter. I don't, I don't know what I'm getting with those teams. And I think for that reason, I I don't have uh, much of a say in them other than let's put them in the play-in tournament. I don't know how they fare. Probably got the Cavs coming out of my play-in tournament or the Raptors moving on is sort of how I view it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a fair, that's kind of how I feel, but it, it goes back to me, that kind of trust idea where it's like, sure, I could see a world in which those are really good teams, but some of these other teams just seem more sure. Like you were talking about the Bucks, Everybody knows their role. They have every piece top to bottom. I just, I, I trust that team and they've been there. You know, I, I trust that team more than I trust some of these other teams that are, they're kind of like planes that are fixing a broken wing on the fly and um, could end up being really good, but but maybe not. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, I was looking at an update on the team that you said no night is a night off except for the Spurs, and then I countered with the yeah. Hornets, who I couldn't remember what those two did last night. Uh, the Hornets beat the Spurs. 
So <laughs> a little confluence. There. Best game of the year. <laughs> I'm with you. I think the, the Spurs are going to be dog crap. Uh, and I think they are full embrace the suck. Like, oh, let's yeah. not even climb out of the teens, uh, which is a good segue <laughs> for us to go uh, to the West. And mm-hmm. how about this time? I'll give you the floor first. And Great. what do you have for your Western Conference? Yeah, I'm actually going to um, I'm going to spice it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna it's gonna be more dramatic if I count down. I'm gonna start at ten. So these are my play-in teams. Okay. Uh, I have Lakers at ten. They're the to me the West version of the Nets. High drama, big superstars, completely a mess. And I just don't trust this team. Admittedly, I'm I'm sick of hearing about the Lakers. I actually don't want to spend a ton of time talking about them on this podcast. Um, part of that is because I've always really liked Russell Westbrook as a fan. I know we disagree there. Um, and I'm just I'm just ready for him to be on a different team and to just end this saga. But they they probably have the worst four through 12 in the league in terms of their roster. And I don't think it's going to go well for them. Nine, I have the Kings. Um, I know that's not a hot take. Uh, a lot of people have them as like a potential surprise play in team. Um, but I don't think they're going to make the final eight because I think there's a huge drop off between these top eight and the, and the bottom seven of the West. So counting down slightly hot take. I have the Mavs coming in at eight. I think I'm I'm with you. Yeah. Little spoiler alert here. I have them at seven. Yeah. I Luca's phenomenal could be the best player in the world. Um, they could end up being very good as a result of that. But I think they're a team that is just so heliocentric. Like they, it's, it's not science word for you. Boy. I know. Right. Thank you, uh, Mrs. Hogan for that. Uh, eighth grade science term. Uh, shout out. I'm sure she listened to this podcast. So yeah, big listener, um, <laughs> yeah, big fan. Um, I don't know. They, it's not a perfect comp, but they do remind me just a little bit of kind of those James Harden rockets years. And granted, those teams did usually end up in the top two or three of the conference, but that was also, I think, in a less less loaded, less parity time. So I think if Luca, let's say he misses a month, two months, like we said, there's no night off, and I, I just don't trust the Mavs getting home court advantage. Um, seven, I have the Suns. Oh, uh, okay. This is where yeah. we differ drastically. Totally fair. The Suns are a team. I could see them the one seed again. I could see them having to fight for that play-in. Um, reason I ended up going with them a little bit lower is because they're obviously still a very good team. Um, they're kind of, to me, the West version of the Celtics in the sense of they had a lot of off-season drama. We don't need to rehash all that, but DeAndre Ayton made it pretty clear he was ready to move on. Jay Crowder is looking for a trade. Um but I think a lot of it is, I think Chris Paul, he's just, he's getting older. I hate to play that card and he's proved us wrong. He's played for about three more seasons longer than I thought he would, but I think that's going to catch up with him. I think injuries might be a factor there. Um, and I just think it's going to be, they're just going to have a little bit of a dip, a little bit of regression. Six, I have the Timberwolves. Yet another team that at one point I was like, oh yeah, built for the regular season. This team is going to be the, the three seed. Um, I don't know if I trust that for sure though. So I have them six. I Wait, have the Grizzlies. Can I jump yeah, in please. here because I'm because I'm an idiot and we're talking about the NBA and I screwed it up with the Eastern Conference. Is it? <laughs> I feel like such a moron. Is it one through six? Is in and the play in <laughs> yeah. seven through ten. Yeah, I, I, I definitely 
I definitely butchered that in the East. I actually, I, I have the Knicks as my 10 in the East. And I, okay. I realized as I'm looking back through, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm a moron. Okay. Yeah, it's, so it's, to, it's one through six, make it in, and then seven through 10, play in. I knew in. that. And it made I didn't sense want to correct as, you, but. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I knew it made sense as soon as you were going over it. So, all right, back to our regular schedule program. Ian's yeah. top six. All right, so I have Timberwolves at six. I have Grizzlies at five. Um, I don't think they're going to regress in quite the same way the Suns do. I just think um, for for them, that's yet another health question. Jaron Jackson Jr. is missing the first couple months. Ja is a torpedo. He plays like 2011 Derrick Rose on steroids. But as a result, I get nervous, man. I get nervous watching him play. So we'll see. I I hope... I like that team. I hope everyone stays healthy. I always root for health, uh, but I think they'll be the five seed. Four, I have the Clippers. They, uh, I think, could be the best team in the NBA. Reason I have them at four is I think they're going to play it super-duper cautious with their stars. Um, But even with them, you know, Kawhi and Paul George missing, you know, maybe 20 games apiece, I think, um, you know, that team is still super loaded, super deep. They'll win a lot of games. Three, I have the Warriors. Not okay, a lot wait, I need wait, to say wait, about wait, them. Wait, Go wait, ahead. Wait, Go ahead. I just, Please. I just, you probably just saw that big Cheshire smile. I did. I did. I, I grinned. I was like, okay. So we're like remarkably <laughs> similar. And okay. Like, and I'm like, all right. So who does he have high up that I don't have as high? And then it all clicked for me because you, you were yep. talking about I'm not going to spoil, but I, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Going. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to start to put the pieces together. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, I, I have I have Warriors three. I have actually Nuggets two. Oh and here here we go, baby. I'm all in. New Orleans Pelicans top seed in the West. Let's go. All right, I'm going to let you respond, and we can talk more about this. But yeah, I have so Pelicans. I'm all in. When you when you texted last night and the, the Pelicans playing the Nets and. And you yep. commented, and you're like, yeah, this is a little sneak preview for tomorrow, but I'm very high <laughs> on this Palestine. I was thinking, okay, like, he's probably <laughs> thinking like a four seed, Zion's healthy. He's, he's got him high up there. And then you say, whoever you said four, I, I forget now what you said. Clippers. Your four team, Clippers. Yeah. And I got him slightly lower on mine, but I'm like, uh-huh. okay, all right. So he's probably got somewhere up there, the Nugs and the Warriors. And then I guess the Pels are like three. You said Warriors three. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, no. So I guess he's at the Pels second. Don't so. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> wow. I okay. I, mean, I I I did a previous podcast where I, I do think that Zion's the comeback player of the year. I'm with you. Yep. I do think the Willie Green's coach of the year. I'm with you. Yep. I just one seed in the West. It's I know. It's tough times out here in the in the Valley on the coast out here on the Western conference. And I think <laughs> climbing to the top, I think them, them putting it together, figuring it out. I think this is a, this is a, a stabilizing what they did last year type of, mm. uh, you know, they made the play in last year, performed admirably, didn't quite make it into the playoff. I, or did they? Yeah, they did. They made it into the playoffs. They won like 35 games in the regular season, but then they won back-to-back play-in games. Yes. So they were yeah, like so the they, 10 seed, but then they made it in because of the play-in. Okay, yeah. So they, they made it. I think this year is a stabilizing, kind of do the same thing again, make sure Zion's fitting, make sure we can, you know, uh, load up a little bit more so. 
and I could see next year, if we get a full year out of these Pelicans, uh, I could see next year being there, get the heck out of the way. We're a train coming down the track year and two seed, something like that. So I buck on your uh, <laughs> top seed in the Western Conference, but I think otherwise we're remarkably similar. Um, okay. Just kind of jumping off your point. I have the Kings 10. Yeah. I have the mm-hmm. Lakers 9, which I think mm-hmm. is a floppy year too. Yep. Um, I got the Pels. I got them at 8. I got them in that okay. playoff. Mm-hmm. I had the Mavericks mm-hmm. at seven, which I think is close to yours. Mm-hmm. I got the Clippers down to. Uh, I am mm-hmm. not. I, I kind of want to see the best players on the Clippers play basketball. Call me crazy, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like they should probably show that they play basketball still and at a high level. Uh, I'm with you on the T-Wolves. I got them at five. Uh, I think they're, like your point, I think you're going to be a very high-quality uh, regular season team. and then. We'll see. We'll see what we get out of the playoffs. And Rudy Gobert, the playoffs have not been kind to him the past few years. I got the Grizz at four. I like the Nugs at three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know why I did it, but I have the Suns at two. I can't really rationalize that. I guess the offseason that they had was so tumultuous, but mm. they still have their best guys from a team that made the finals uh, yeah. just, just two years ago. So... I guess credit where credit's due. I gave them the two seed, and then my one is the Warriors, who I think are going to be the of course the yeah. the force that we got over there in the West. Here's the thing: your rankings are perfect. Actually, well, frankly, more logical than mine. But like, that's what I <laughs> that's what I love about about especially this West. It, it there are so many teams that if you were to tell me they were the two seed or the seven seed. I'd believe you in both directions. Yeah. Because a lot, lot of sway. And that's what I love about it. I mean, you're talking about like, I don't know why I have the Suns at two. I know why. It's because they won 10 more games than any other team last year. And they didn't really change their roster all that much. So I was kind of doing a bit of a hot take, putting them at seven. Um, and obviously real hot with that Pelicans in the one seed take. But that's what I love about this. I could equally see those flipped. Um, I like that we both have the Nuggets up there. Oh yes, and more that. love will be coming from from this episode, this podcast, uh, this individual mm-hmm. here for the Nuggets because beautiful Nikolai Jokic is like if if we took him, if we took Kevin Love, if we took two thousand nine, two thousand twelve, Kevin 12, Love, yeah, yeah, eleven twelve, and we put him in a time machine and we decreased some of his uh, rebounding abilities but we jacked the heck up out of his passing abilities and made him like a NBA 2K 99 passer (laughs) from like 2011 Kevin Love and then sent him over to Serbia to get out of the U.S. (laughs) um, developmental system and then brought him back over here. And I loved 2011 Kevin Love. That's the nickname my my friends would give me when we're playing up at the neighborhood courts. And I just, I cared about rebounds and I cared about, playing defense which i didn't have that in common with kevin love but <laughs> and then kind of like shooting threes a little bit kind of extending the game a bit beyond from under the basket but also still having those under the basket moves and i so i just think that Jokic is such an evolution of of what kevin love um maybe could have been in a different timeline uh and so i love Jokic. love watching him play he's on too late for me i'm not up that late normally but uh <laughs> but love the nuggets um which i think is Unless you had anything else to add to the other conference 
chatter. I mean, I could I could rave about this Pelicans team for thirty more minutes, but I'll find ways to I'll find ways to keep talking about them. Uh, <laughs> I feel like a chance, maybe if you're true to your Pel's love, because I I was thinking we could move into conference. Uh, yeah, conference finals finals predictions. So, that sounds great. Let's you know, it. you might have some some material there for <laughs> Zion and Poe. <laughs> what do you have for your? I kind of want to save the suspense about whether you're actually going to put the Pels in the Western Conference Finals and, and possibly beyond. So what do you have for your Eastern Conference Finals? Sure. Uh, the East, it's a little more straightforward to me than the West. I still, I again, this is a very, very loaded East. But I do think it will be Bucks Sixers that will ultimately make it to that conference finals i know that's not a particularly hot uh take um yeah and i think um i think there'll be a lot of like oh my gosh is it finally happening is the process finally complete is harden gonna finally break it off his back it's gonna be a lot of that they might even be up might even be up two one or three two and then i think um Giannis is just going to prove why he'll end up as one of the best 15 players of all time. And I think he will come out of the, he, he and the bucks who a lot of credit to all those other players too. It's not just about Giannis, but uh, yeah, they're, they're the team. They're, they're the class of the East. Like you said, then they're coming out of it for me. I agree. I think the bucks are winning the East. And uh, I, so I, I kind of had this analogy where I, I kind of felt like the bucks. Um, I've been real high on the bills this season. So much going back mm-hmm. that, I think I had him at like ten and seven going into the into the football season, and so not being a regular season juggernaut like I think the Bucks will be, but the Bills don't have to be. They need to just make the playoffs and get yeah. comfortable with how they operate. And uh, and I think Josh Allen right now is operating as one of the maybe three best players in the NFL. Just everything's clicking for him. And so we'll we'll talk more about this later too. Giannis is one of my most intriguing players. I'm looking to see this season because mm-hmm. I want to see if he can if he can elevate. Um, mm. which is just mind-blowing to consider. Insane. But I, yeah, I, I think the Bucks are the, the best team in the East. I think they're going to win the East. I think they've got all the pieces in all the right places. And I think they win. I think they beat the Celtics, which mm. it's like yep. the Suns thing. I, I can't process myself. Why am I putting the Celtics in the finals when I don't think they're going to be as good as last year when they were in the conference finals? But I think they're just smart. They're savvy. They have a lot of guys who like the Bucks, know what to do, when to be in the right place. Uh, and I think Missoula is kind of just carrying the torch for systems that were put in place last year and worked highly effectively. Um, so that is my – I'm kind of with you there. I I would love to watch Joel Embiid. And uh, this game that I'm watching right now, I'd love to watch it as our Eastern Conference final. Totally. I, I can't buy it. I, I'm watching Harden dribble the ball up, and I saw him <laughs> shove some dude out of the picture a couple drives back couple possessions back and i just i can't envision james harden carrying a team uh to, to the conference finals i mean i know he's got Embiid, but i i don't know that Embiid is is the guy to carry to a conference finals either so that's my scathing indictment of philadelphia 76ers <laughs> but uh yeah i i, I think you, i got bucks you know what and i think for those fans that have been following the Sixers for a long time i I don't wish this upon them, but it's going to be heartbreaking because I think this is going to be 
This is going to feel reminiscent of the year where they were a weird Kawhi bounce away from beating that yeah. Raptors team and that they might have won it all. I feel like this year is going to be like that again, where they're going to be like, shoot, this was our, this was the year and we kind of yeah. blew it. Um, not, or not blew it. I just think it just, it's kind of the way that the crumble, the cookie crumbles and, but it's like, man, it's, this Bucks team though. It's sort of going to be their reckoning. I think this year where, you know, the, the Suns made the finals two years ago and they're, mm-hmm. they're witness to freaking Giannis going super Saiyan and destroying their souls. And that's it. I mean, I, I don't think the Suns are getting back to what they were a couple of years back mm-hmm. getting in the finals, being with having a couple wins under their belt in the finals. I think this is the Sixers reckoning year. I think this is the year where they look at it and go, man, we had Harden, we had yep. uh, we had Embiid, we had Harris, we had a developing Maxi, and we still couldn't get out of the East. And uh, like, what are we doing? Is this yeah. is this our formula? Is are we ever going to get back to this? So. I, I wonder if we're going to look at these Sixers teams the way that just a few years removed, I kind of look at the Lob City Clippers, where, yeah. I mean, they're very different teams uh, in terms of, but but I think where it's like, you look back and you're like, boy, those are some good teams, and they had a lot of, lot of good players, and it just, it's just the way it goes. They just, they'll run into the Warriors, or like they'll, you know, it just doesn't work out for them, and I, I wonder if the like Embiid era Sixers will feel like that, where it's like, wow. They were good every year, and they only made it out of the second round like twice. Oof, you know, like I think it could be like that. What's so crazy is that Doc Rivers is the coach of both of those teams. I know. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they feel so similar. Oh, <laughs> well, as, as we're sitting here, Doc's screaming at the Sixers, who now lead for the first time since uh, two to nothing earlier in the game, <laughs> and uh, ninety seconds here to play in Philly, and uh, they're they're beating our Bucks juggernaut. We'll okay, see. so we both have the Bucks. We both have the Bucks. I, I'm going to say there's a suspense. I'm going to give you my West. So <laughs> hit me. I think we're looking at. I think the Nuggets. You know, they have made a conference finals or two these last couple of years, and uh, I think this is their okay, not breakout year, but maybe they get three wins in the conference finals this year, and ultimately <laughs> lose to the Warriors. I uh, I have a little parlay in place. I got Warriors Bucks as my as my finals wager this one. season. Uh, it's nothing crazy, but then again, sometimes just being accurate is just as cool as being crazy. Mm-hmm. Wait, I I'm sorry. I admittedly, uh, you cut out for a hot second. Uh, you had Warriors over who? Nuggets. Nuggets. Okay, that's what I thought you said. That's what I thought you said. Yeah, I I mean I think that's a solid. That's solid. Uh. I think the Nuggets are a genuine sleeper contender. I mean, you can you can say, you know, I mentioned 17 teams. I don't really believe 17 teams have a real <laughs> shot at the title. I do think the Nuggets have a real shot at the title. Um, they're not my pick either, but I, I'd like that Warriors over Nuggets selection. Um, right, people are waiting. We've got people are waiting. Western Conference Finals. So as I said, the Pelicans... I think will be the one seed and I think they're going to make it all the way to the second round. I don't think they make the conference finals. Okay. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't mean to be dramatic, but uh, no, so here's, fair. but, but this is what I think is going to be a theme about this year is I going back to what I said, I think standings, they matter. The regular season matters, but I think that like each, each conference will have four to five teams that could make 
a really solid deep run if they're healthy. And I think some of these teams that know they're equipped for the playoffs will play it very cautious in the regular season. So here's actually my prediction. I actually have Warriors Clippers in the conference finals. Um, okay. I had them as the, this is getting super granular with these predictions, but I had them as the three, four seed because I think various regular season things will keep them from being the one, two seed. But I think come, come playoff time, I think, you know, Nuggets Warriors, they're my second round two, three prediction. I think that's going to be a six, seven game series. Um, I think Clippers Pelicans, uh, one, four seed, but I think, um, like you said, ultimately the Pelicans might just be, um, a couple years away. I think they're actually a lot like the Grizzlies last year. Grizzlies ended up as the two seed. They're a very good team, but when push came to shove, um, they just didn't quite make it to the, to the conference finals. That was, um, that was actually the comparison that I had in my head when I was thinking about mm-hmm. earlier, their, tr- their progression of, you know, they make the play in last year. What do they do this year? What do they do? Yeah, the Grizzlies were the team that came to mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we'll see. It's that's what I love about this this league right now is that it's just it could go so many ways. So I actually have Clippers over Warriors, um, and then I have we have the the same champion. I have Bucks. I have Bucks over Clippers when all said and done. Um, but yeah, I it's especially after last year and the Warriors making it out the way they did. I've learned that when you get further and further up the top, it it's a cliche, but it's true. It ultimately boils down to who's the best guy on the floor. A lot matters on like what teams have been there before, what teams have adaptability, depth, all of those things. And I think any of those teams we talked about, Bucks, Clippers, Warriors, I mean, there's a reason those are three of the teams that always come up in title predictions because those are, they have they all have one of the best five to seven guys and they all have a lot of depth. They all have team. They're all teams that if, especially if the Clippers can make it work, they have guys who should know their role. They have guys that they can switch in and out, you know, and do different lineups. I mean, for deep playoff runs, all that stuff matters. And you know, what, what works for in the regular season, like going back to like Luca and the Mavs, um, Luca's phenomenal. They might end up being a three, seed a two seed that wouldn't surprise me um i still feel like though you know they're a team that they don't have all of that like uh depth and ability to have role players come in and out and make big plays and do those like title runs yeah i mean i think to your point with the mavs i think they're a team that uh they might have the biggest fluctuation for me like i could see them being a two seed I could see them missing the play-in yeah. okay, in, in, in a feasible world. Okay, so your your championship bubble, if we had a bubble of teams, because we hinted at it, mm. if you had – I'll give mine first, and then I'll let you go, because I know you have more than me. Your bubble of teams that you could – you know, we look up in June, and this team's holding the trophy, and you're like, okay. I mean, maybe some scale of shock more so than others, but um, so I'll give you mine. Uh, I think from the east, we've got Bucks. I think Heat, Celtics. 
I'm really hesitant to put Sixers Knicks in there. Sixers Nets Knicks. Yeah, Knicks ain't in there. Sixers Nets. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess they're they're going to be maybe the second best team in the East. I'll put Sixers in there. I, I'm not putting the Nets in. Okay, so I got Bucks, Sixers, Heat, Celtics. I got four in the East. I, I'm not even going to put the Nets in my championship bubble because I just I can't put a team with. With Kyrie, Kyrie's done nothing and done nothing in, in six, seven years. Uh, ben Simmons is is their third best superstar. I'm, I'm out on that. So I got four out of the East, and I think in the West, I'll go Warriors, Suns, Nuggets. I think I'd put the Mavs in there. <laughs> yeah, I just I wouldn't be surprised if Luca went to Supernova and torched through the league yeah. come March, and then. I think the Grizzlies are a holistic team, and mm-hmm. I think I'd maybe put the Clippers in there. So I think that's what Mavs, Clippers, Suns, Warriors, Grizz, and then Nugs. I think I'd four. Oh, I'm up to I'm up to ten. I got ten teams, but I would not be totally shocked if they won the NBA Finals. Yeah. So what do you got? That's actually that's closer to that's closer to me than not. Um. Because when I said 17 teams, that was like teams that I could see it all working out just right and they could make the conference finals. When, yeah. when push really comes to shove, and we're doing these tiers. I think um, in the, yeah, all right, that makes sense, tier. That's the top tier. They're like, yeah, that makes sense, tier. I have Bucks, Warriors, Clippers. To me, those are the three that are in the like, sure, sure, that makes sense. The tier right below that, which is the like, oh, all right, good for them. Tier like the, the you know like the yeah, I'm I'm doing all this on the fly by the way. They're like yeah okay like didn't necessarily think that was going to happen yet or like be here now, but I could see that. I have Nuggets, I have Heat, I have Sixers, um, I have Celtics. Uh, so so these are all in that same bubble you're talking about. Um, where they're just on a slightly below where it's like. I could see it. I just aren't necessarily predicting it. Um, so that was four. Uh, so so okay. So Sixers, Heat, Celtics um, are my one B tier in the East. Mm-hmm. In the West, my one B tier is the Nuggets. I have to put the Pelicans in there since I made the bold <laughs> claim they're gonna they're gonna be the one seed. I don't think they're gonna win it all, but they got to be in that same tier for me. Um, Grizzlies, like you said, um, on paper. There's no reason to not have them in that upper tier. Right. Um, Suns, same thing. They just made the finals the year before last. Um, and then the Mavericks, for that same reason you said. Um, again, it's a cliche, but it comes down to like that best player on the floor. And I think there's a lot of like 2007, 2008 LeBron ish with Luca right now, where yeah. he's still probably a few years before his like just absolute tearing up the league has the right team around him peak of his powers range. But I mean, LeBron dragged, you know, Joe Schmo and Anderson Verjao to the, to the finals as a 22 year old. Yeah. (laughs) Booby Gibson, like that's not a real person. So, you know, it's like, (laughs) I could totally see it where if they at least made the finals this year and in 20 years, people look back and they're like, who was on that Mavs team? Who's who's Christian Wood? You know, like, uh, so we'll see. But I think that's about the same number as you. Um, 
because all those other teams are teams that we talked about that like could be an upshot team, Timberwolves, Hawks, Raptors, you know, I think these are interesting ideas. Totally fair if you have the Pelicans in that tier, but I just don't think they're realistic to make it to the finals. Well, we now go live to uh, to our on-the-court reporter in Philly. What do you got? <laughs> well, it looks like James Harden just slammed off some dudes on his way to trying to get a game-winning layup, and uh, the refs didn't call it. So just turn the ball over, and the Bucks have the ball up <laughs> one with two seconds left. So there's your Sixers feel, season, folks. I feel all the more convinced that the Bucks over the Sixers is the correct. Yeah, I believe that's <laughs> I believe that's the right call. Thank um, you. I don't I don't have the game on, so I appreciate this live on yeah, court reporting. Live, Very impressive. On the court. Yeah, our live on the court yeah. reporter in Philly. <laughs> so, all right. So, I'll give you the rundown on. Um, I think I I did I did my awards in a previous mm-hmm. little podcast thing. So just kind of quickly going through those. I had sure. uh, my MVP I had is Giannis. My rookie yep. of the year I had is Jaden Ivey. Defense player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Sixth man, Jordan mm-hmm. Poole. Uh, I was crazy enough to go into uh, executive of the year. I gave it to Colby Altman of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm, nice. Uh, comeback player of the year, Mr. Zion. And... I think that's it. So the floor is yours to dissect any of that and give your award winners. I mean, I think those are all solid predictions and straightforward projections. I have Giannis as my MVP too. Um, largely because, and I know we'll, I don't want to spend too much time on him because I know you mentioned him as a player to watch. So we'll talk about him, but I think he still has yet another level to go up. And I think, um, MVP fatigue has now worn off for him, where I think people have come all the way back around to being like, oh yeah, he is the best player in the league. Why aren't we he's giving a, him the MVP? He's an alien. He's really freaking good, and we gave it to Jokic yeah. the last two years, so hey, why don't we give it back to the Giannis? Exactly. Exactly. Um, to me, Jordan Poole is the clear six-man of the year uh, <laughs> most likely candidate. So long um, as he's not getting socked in the face, right? Yeah, yeah. as long as his own teammates... Uh, <laughs> play nicely with him don't i mean because i should because i think i mean he there's a reason he's the odds on favorite uh he's very good and he's only getting better but he's probably going to continue to start behind clay despite the fact that i wouldn't be surprised if we look up and we all unanimously agree he's maybe a better player at this point than clay come like february march but i don't think they're gonna they're not gonna bench one of the splash brothers at least yet and so i think there's a reason he's sixth man of the year a um shoot i should have wrote it down i had a spicy option for uh six man of the year i can't remember who i had i do think i do think picking someone from the clippers because they're so deep and because i think their rotations could be very strange i think having like yeah. if reggie jackson start or it comes off the bench behind john wall or like norman powell yeah. norman coming powell, off the yeah, bench yeah. you know i don't know so i think there's other options there but i do like jordan pool um I don't really have any thoughts on defensive play of the year. Rudy Gobert is the favorite. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I could maybe see him given to Bam if he stays healthy because he's very good, but um, uninteresting. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. We're, we're going live to oh. Philly. We've got an update. Oh. Down to Philly. On the court reporter, what just happened? Well, the Bucks up to Brooke Lopez misses a free throw. 
James Harden snags the rebound, and the clock runs out. So he chucks it across the court. <laughs> Bucks win, ninety to eighty-eight. That was dramatic. I really, my heart was going for a second. I was like, what? James Harden did what? Oh, right. <laughs> he patted his stats, got another rebound, and uh, then didn't hurt his shooting percentage by chucking it toward the hoop after the clock ended. Good for him. <laughs> that's that's just smart individual play right there, everybody. Yeah. Beautiful that's, uh, beautiful thinking. Play yeah, that's how you feel the record level. <laughs> Yeah. All right, anyway, okay. now we return to your regularly scheduled Ian dissecting my award. Um. An award that's really interesting to me, if only because philosophically, most improved player, or I'm assuming that's, um, yeah, comeback player, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, the reason that's interesting to me is because I was doing this today. I was looking up the past, um, the past 10 winners of most improved player because I looked at it last year and I thought Ja Morant was a weird choice. Yeah, I think I've done that too. Just going back yeah. looking at him. Weird in the sense of I'm like, he was already a star. How do you give most improved to a star? But then I started looking at it. In the last 10 winners, I'll just read them super fast. Uh, from most recent to 10 years ago, John Morant, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, Victor Oladipo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you might have heard of him, uh, CJ McCollum, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, and Paul George. And the pattern here is that it's a lot of guys who they're not no name players. Now these are players who ended up uh, being in some cases, multi-time perennial all-stars. But what I do think a lot of them had in common is like, they were slightly lower draft picks up until John Morant, like players that were in maybe like the eight, 13, 22 range that then kind of took this unexpected leap and became an all-star. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know where I'm going with this. I'm turning this into like a um, what's going on in Utah uh, rant. (laughs) (laughs) But it just I say all this to say I would equally find it strange if Zion were this year's pick using the past 10 years as a model. Not like if they're using the John Morant last year selection makes total Mm -hmm. sense. Total sense. But. Like, I don't think Zion Williamson can be the next, like, Jimmy Butler or Giannis in the sense of, like, he was expected to be a star. He was averaging, he started in the All-Star game. The, the only year he was healthy, Zion did. Like, yeah. to be most improved, and I'm not saying it's a bad choice. I actually think it's a really solid prediction in terms of, like, the voting and how it might actually turn out. But this is more of an event about, it's just weird that, like, these awards tend to kind of morph over time into being different things and it's weird that we seem to now go towards like who's the player that became a superstar this year um as opposed to being like who was that player that was kind of an unexpected draft of level lower been in the league for three or four years made a big unexpected leap um so we'll see i kind of like tyrese halliburton as that candidate if they are going that kind of like lower draft pick Starting to starting to make a splash in that mode, mode, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so some technical issues, but uh, we back. I hey. went on a hour and a half epic rant that you didn't record at all. I I divulged the entire history of the NBA from start to finish, but it's lost forever. But that's okay. You did. You read a beautiful. Um, a beautiful haiku. 
Yeah. Uh, one of several that you wrote for the Pelicans. Um, <laughs> there were many that were just about Willie Green and his tenacity <laughs> as a coach. Yeah. So I guess those are just lost to the ether. <laughs> They're le- you know what? And I'm I'm not even going to save those. I I've deleted the document and I put them on a hard drive and I burned the hard drive. So And then you ate it. Never to see the light. And of then day I again. ate it. It's literally in my stomach right now. That's okay. Well, we wanted to I wanted to come back and finish cuz I we we prepped some most intriguing players and yes. we've hit on a couple of mine, but uh one of mine that that I had was was Zion. And so all I wrote was Obviously, um, yes. he's one of my players. I'm most intrigued to see this season, but he wasn't number one for me. Number one for me was a guy that we've kind of buried and he hasn't gotten much attention from us. Uh, this, this whole evening that we've been chatting is Kevin Durant. And we mm. briefly mentioned him earlier. He's mm. my number one player. I'm most intrigued to see this season, but Definitely. the off season that he had and the, I want to be traded. Just kidding. No, I don't, but actually, yes, I do. But really I didn't actually want to be traded. And he's dealing with a new new teammate in Bum Simmons. And how does he help carry this team? What are they capable of with him as their primary uh, score and focus for other teams? So he's my number one. And I figure we'll just go back and forth. You care to comment? Go for it. If he's on your list, maybe mention it. And then, uh, and then your your player that you're you know throw a name out there. You're somebody you're mo- most intrigued to see. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll comment really quick on Kevin Durant. You're right. It is actually weird how much we haven't talked about Kevin Durant and how he's slightly evaded the collective NBA conscious lately, probably because he was the talk of the summer. Um, boy, I feel like his season, this season could be an ultimate like legacy make or break season for him. Not to overly be dramatic. Absolutely. But imagine if the Nets do end up let's say they win the championship. Let's say they're the best team in the NBA after all of that. I mean, that the, the way that would reflect in his legacy is wild. It's equally, you know, plausible to think that like, boy, this season could be a crash and burn year. And like, if the Lakers crash and burn, LeBron still has enough, like other stuff happening that it's like, well, I'm 38 you know, going on 57 and I'm breaking Kareem's record. And like, this doesn't feel like a make or break season for him in the way that it does for Durant, where like his window to kind of cement who he is, is closing. So, um, you mentioned Zion. That's my, I didn't really rank these. They were in no particular order, but he is the first name I wrote down. I know I've been like all about the Pels, uh, to, to me, the reason Zion is is interesting, besides the obvious, that he didn't play all last year because he's such a, like, could-go-either-direction type of player. Um, I think I started... Di- you know, I'm a stats guy. You know me. I get into the numbers. and I Yes, sir, think, I do. I think we start to forget just how good he was in the one season, the only season he's been healthy. For players that... So here's my little... Ian, interesting stat for you. Um, it's it's not going to sound that earth-shattering, but it's still noticeable, notable. For players, the highest points per game before turning age 21 is Zion Williamson. He hmm. averaged more than LeBron did before he was 21. Granted, LeBron played more games because he was younger and more healthy. But, I mean, like, he's right up there with, you know, Kobe, LeBron, uh, Shaq, like, these players who had epic like 
right out of the gate, young seasons. I mean, this dude, the the like final couple months of his last season, he was like 29 points a game, like point Zion, right? 29 points a game on like 65% efficiency. I mean, that's those are numbers that like prime Shaq. Yeah. I mean, it's really do. Even his body type alone is just unbelievable. Like he, he, he looks like if a force could be described in a human body. <laughs> yeah. Zion. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard him compared to Thanos. That's a good, that's a that good body a good type one. description. That is a good one. But he really is like, I think at Duke, we saw this guy and we're like, is this a Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James hybrid? And granted that's like at his absolute best and healthiest but i'm i'm in man i'm a believer i i i he's just he seems like a nice guy too and i just for the sake of entertainment and for the sake of his mental health i would love to see him play several full seasons in a row um but boy this he's he's intriguing who's your number two he's 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 something else to watch uh yeah, I did rank these, but uh, kind of bouncing around because we've, we've hit on a couple of these guys. Yeah. Um, but my number two, we actually didn't, um, outside of talking about Jordan Poole's face, we didn't mention this guy a lot. And my number two is a guy who has been a key member of a Warriors team mm-hmm. that has won four championships, could very well be in play for another one this season. But uh, Draymond Green, can he continue to be the Warriors glue? Because mm-hmm. I think he has been for many seasons, you know. Um, Steph is certainly the with two little ones at home. I'm thinking about the things they bring home from, from, uh, from school, from daycare. And they, you got these little arts and crafts things and, uh, they look so beautiful and, and they got the, the sequin eyes and the, the, they look so lovely. Um, but all that sparkle, all that spazazz on the top is held together by the glue and Draymond has been this team's glue. And so can he continue to be that guy for them? Uh, even after this crazy crazy offseason that they had preseason especially um and he's and he's due for a contract so mm-hmm. he's either going to be he's either going to be the glue or he's going to get thrown out and they're going to decide we got wiggins we got all these young guys who are tremendous um bye see you draymond um go enjoy your podcast somewhere else so uh that's that's a guy that i'm curious to see how he operates out there in the bay this season couldn't agree more. Uh, he was not on my list, but I think what's going to be so interesting about Draymond this year is everything you mentioned in terms of the contract and what are the Warriors going to do. This is already looming pretty large, and I think there's a lot of people that kind of expect them not to come to agreement and not sign him, and he's going to end up bouncing to play with LeBron or, or whatever, you know? Um but like you said, he's been such an integral part to this team on and off the court, and it's hard to envision the Splash Brother era, era Warriors continuing without Draymond. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I think if he were willing, I, I think I think if he weren't being so adamant about getting a, as much money as possible and that the Warriors owe him, which to some degree he's not, totally wrong in terms of the Warriors needing to back pay him. But I think if he were like, I'm good with 10 to 15 million a year, I just want to keep playing basketball. I want to keep winning championships with the Warriors. I think the Warriors would pay him for 10 more years because of Mm -hmm. him basically being like another 
coach and another presence in the locker room. Um, boy, it seems like they're they're headed down a, a divorce though. So we'll see. Um, it does seem that way, yeah. My next couple guys also fall in that category like Zion did where we haven't seen them play a lot of basketball recently, if at all. So my second guy I have is Kawhi Leonard. Um, He's on my list as well. Yeah. He, to me, is another person who, you know, it's kind of like y'all forgot about Dre type of things where <laughs> yeah. it's like in the summer of 2009, we were all like, all right, we've entered the Kawhi era. LeBron is dethroned. Steph Curry's a sham. Kevin Durant's done. It's Kawhi time now. And in hindsight, that was an overreaction. But also, he's been the best player on a championship team. And he's very, very good when he does play. Twice. Um, twice. <laughs> yeah. So Two different teams. Two different conferences. Two yeah. different continents. No, not two continents. What am I thinking countries. of? Two countries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he played in Japan. Um, <laughs> amazing. No, I think for me what's intriguing, though, is it's going to be not just to see how good he is and to see if like we all collectively are like, oh, yeah, Kawhi's always been one of the five best guys that we just forgot. Um, it's also going to be how much he actually plays because a lot of comments he's made has been about, you know, taking it easy. And, you know me, I think a lot about all-time rankings and legacy and I love NBA history and I love comparing eras and I love doing all that stuff. And I was, uh, as I do recently revisited my list and he's a tough one to place for me because right. Like, like Kyrie, he's, he's only played like three healthy seasons ever. Like, and he's only as a result, he's only really been on like a couple all NBA teams He's never really seriously been in like the MVP conversation, except for I think maybe one year, like 2016-ish. And um, we always remember his highs, and we kind of gloss over his lows because of how high his highs have been. And so I think this will be a big year on if it solidifies in one direction or the other. If it solidifies like, oh, he's always been that dude. He's always been one of the best five guys in the league. Or in the opposite direction, if he has yet another year where he misses a ton of time, the Clippers struggle without him, they have a first-round exit, I think that'll be enough for people to be like, you know what, he's always been that guy. He's always been the guy that you can't rely on. So it'll be intriguing to see. Yeah, my my one note I had on him, I literally just wrote, can he play? And <laughs> I, I didn't know what tone it was. I didn't, know if, I didn't know if that was like a truly inquisitive tone. I didn't know if that was a... Like a joking satirish tone that like, hey, like, can you play? But I mean, it, I was just trying to think of a comparative in my head and and for better or worse is the best I come up with. It'd be like if we took Mahomes in the NFL and mm. we just, we, we traded him to uh, the Packers. And we're like, he's, he's on the Packers. And everybody lost their freaking mind. And it was like, oh, my God, the Packer, Packers aren't the best example because they have Rodgers. And so I'm trying to have a better – you know, some team that maybe hasn't won in quite a while, but mm -hmm. this, this is their moment. And then Mahomes just, like, doesn't play for three years. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. where, where did that guy go? Like, didn't – like, wasn't he, like, one of the top tier? One of the one – wasn't he on top of the mountain just a few years back? And uh, and that is for Kawhi, 2019. But since that time, we just haven't seen him. And so he, he was on my list. Can he play? And as I'm watching the Clippers on my TV, he's in a sweatshirt. 
uh, on the bench. And I, I know that's because he, he played and we're midway. <laughs> but it's just like so uh, typical of, of the quiet experience is like, can he play? How about be on the court? I, I saw a Stephen A. Smith take the other day that I actually I was like, oh, he hit that on the head, uh, which made me realize I was being hypocritical with my standings. He basically compared the Nets and the Clippers where he was saying a lot of us are all out on the Nets because of like unreliable stars and like not being able to work it together. He's like, why aren't we having the same conversation about the Clippers? And I thought about it. I'm like, oh, he's right. Both of those teams, like the the Kyrie KD duo and then the Paul George Kawhi duo, they both teamed up in the same summer. And so this is both of those teams, their fourth year being led by those big duos. Wow. And, you know, granted the Clippers did make the West finals that one year, but it was without Kawhi for the last part of it. And it's kind of the same thing. Like you said, we're going into year four of this already. And because of that, that's why the Clippers, I feel like this is the year they finally put it together, but there's no proof of that yet. And, you know, at a certain point, yeah, you just got to see it. Seeing is believing. Can he play? Can he play? Uh, my one of my uh, intriguing guys. I'll just hit on quickly was was Luca. Um, yep. You mentioned earlier, kind of that 0708 LeBron vibe of if it's going to be him, he's going to do it, and he's going to do eighty percent of the load. It helps having Christian Wood, who's an incredibly talented big dude, can shoot outside, maybe play a little interior. But um, so that was Luca was one of mine. Um, just quickly hitting on him. How, how does he build off last year's semis on uh, the Western Conference? Um, but then you intrigued me because I didn't know if you were going to go with this one. And I just I had to casually mention this one. You said uh, guys at one point. I didn't know if you were going to go with a little pair or trio. So I will, I'll hit you with a double here because I got Luca as one mm-hmm. of mine. But I also have most intriguing players. I grouped together mm. the, Go- the Gobert Towns Edwards triumvirate in Minneapolis. Yes. I want to see had- I want to see what this crew looks like. Me too. I, uh, Carlington Towns was, was, uh, on my list. Um, for that exact reason, uh, again, the Gobert trade feels like forever ago. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to finally see them play basketball because I have no idea how this is going to turn out. I could see it working really well on the other side. I was thinking about this the other day that, uh, the whole appeal about Carl Anthony Towns and being a unicorn seven foot ripped center that can shoot like a shooting guard, you know, one of the best catch and shoot three point shooters uh, ever for a big for sure. It doesn't that kind of go away when you're not pulling the other team's center out to guard you. The other team's yeah. center is going to be guarding Rudy Gobert That's down in the post. Point. And, and granted, I can't take credit for that. It was a podcast I was listening to that pointed that out. And but I was surprised I hadn't made that connection. I was like, "Oh yeah, this doesn't. This whole twin towers thing doesn't really work if the one seven footer is going to just stay on the perimeter the whole time anyway." Um, because most power forwards can probably do at least an okay job of guarding him on the perimeter. And so unless he's going to like get really aggressive and take some of these like six foot seven power forwards down into the paint and bang them around and be like, you know what? I'm a seven foot, you know, unless he's going to somehow do the honest thing where he's like, I'm a seven foot ripped power forward now. I just don't see cat doing that. And that's why I really could see this going either way with them. Yeah. It's, I think it's either going to go 
I think it's gonna either gonna go phenomenally, and we're looking up, and it's like holy yeah. crap! The, the T Wolves are like the two seed come late February, or it's like holy crap! We spent five first round picks, and we're struggling to so qualify for the play in tournament. I kind of lean though more towards the it's going to go well, and that's a fair point that you're presenting yeah. with the whole floating the big out and, and playing on the wing with Cat versus Gobert bumping around inside. But um, I, I don't know. There's there's a gut feeling in me that's like this is going to go well. This is it. The T Wolves have have kind of found, and I think that's partially validated by the fact that they 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 played well last night. Sure. And for what it's worth, I actually agree. Um, I'm maybe it's the optimist in me. Uh, I was kind of playing devil's advocate with the whole like, oh, why does it make sense to have the two bit on the flip side? I could totally see it working and I actually want it yeah. to. I have, uh, you know, I'm from northern Iowa. So Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota is not very far away. Don't you up. know. And I have, don't you know, quote. And I have a lot of I have a lot of uh, Timberwolves fans in my life. And if only for their sake, I'm ready for them to have a great season because they've earned it for sure. Yeah, let's see it. And you know, the, the Cavs are going to try to replicate sort of that um, multiple bigs. Worked well for them last season. Going to try and do it again this season. Having some bigs, one that can float out. Um, and just taking it a little back old school. to the old, Taking it back to the old school because mm-hmm. they're old fools who are so old cool. <laughs> you mentioned the Cavs. I'll say my next player uh, that I had was Donovan Mitchell. Um, I touched on him briefly earlier. <laughs> I mean, really, saying him is also just kind of the whole team I'm very intrigued by. Um, I think they're in that same Pelicans-Grizzlies position where they have a ton of talent. They have a potentially very balanced team, a lot of young stars that are going to keep improving, and they have a lot of other assets, picks, whatever, that they can build upon. So it's just more of a case of, like, how do they all share the ball and I think especially because Donovan Mitchell's coming into a team that already has some rapport already kind of knew their positions I'm a believer I think it's going to work but it is going to be very interesting because you know he was the guy in Utah and I think he'll be there if you want to think of it as their one or their alpha or whatever I think he can come in and do that but it'll be interesting to see if he's able to acclimate to that if the rest of the team is able to acclimate to him um if the small backcourt duo of him and garland if that creates any defensive issues um i could see it working out really well though i think they're going to be a fun 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 team he is if if certain scenarios had played out differently for for mitchell you know he doesn't go to utah he goes to a bigger bigger market Mm -hmm. uh he plays for a team that doesn't struggle in the playoffs as as much as the jazz did He's a guy that could have been, I think, a, a megastar. Um, but having said that, my endearing memory of him is I watched him play play live in Charlotte uh, last season. Mm. And uh, he threw up one just stupid shot that slammed <laughs> off like the back side of the backboard. And it was just a miserable showing. And that guy came down again, like one of the next possessions for the Jazz. And he was six, seven feet beyond the three-point line, and you could tell he just got to that point in the court, and he's like, F it. And he chucked it up, <laughs> bang, just cash, straight through the no. net. It's, it's a dude that I think just is so comfortable with his skill and yeah. his ability and his confidence that uh, I'm with you. I'm 
the Cavs will be one of my teams I click to frequently this season. Mm-hmm. And you know, to to that point too, like his his skill and his confidence, and just um, that he in a different market, we might be talking about him as one of the super megastars in the league. I always forget and then re-remember, again, Ian's little fun stats here. Do you remember he dropped like 57 in a playoff game against oh, the yeah. Nuggets? You remember that series where it was like him and Jamal Murray, who I probably also should have put on this list. Like the Mitchell Murray back and forth was like yeah. this all-time great series. Donovan Mitchell's scoring average, I forget what it was, but it was like... In the top, well, his his fifty seven points is like the fourth highest in any playoff game ever. That ever is wild. It's like Michael Jordan's sixty one against the Celtics in like eighty six, and it's like Jerry West or someone had like a big fifty nine point <laughs> game. And it's like it's Donovan Mitchell, like he's right up That's there. What I'm saying it's crazy. Like, and we just kind of gloss over that, partially because I think, like you were saying, he's just been on this sort of boring jazz team for the last few years and that's why i think there's a world in which we realize we look up and we go oh he's always been that guy he's, yeah it's like oh he, yeah. he plays for a guy that looks like a scooby-doo villain and they're gonna <laughs> win 54 games and they're gonna be the two seed and then in the playoffs rudy gobert can't guard anybody on the perimeter and right. they're out in five and it was like rinse and repeat for four years. Yeah. And, it, you know, if he, I don't know, if he even goes to Memphis and has the jaw treatment of you're on the East Coast, sort of, you know, right. Memphis in the West, whatever. But you, you get in those hour earlier time slots and you're playing on ESPN on a Wednesday night. Um, you know, you, you get drafted by the Bulls and you play in Chicago for three years. Right. Um, yeah. So I think opportunity missed there for Donovan Mitchell's career. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's uh, up? Is my, your turn? Uh, sure. Um, yeah. this is actually the last guy I had written down. Um, okay. I wasn't necessarily saving for last. It just worked out that way conversationally. Um, yet another example of uh, could be a person that we all forgot how good he is. Hasn't been playing as much. It's Anthony Davis. Okay. Uh, I, as I mentioned before, am one exhausted by all the Lakers coverage just exhausted. Absolutely. Two, I don't think this team is going to be good. The reason I'm still very intrigued by Anthony Davis though is he he's a lot like Kawhi in the sense of he's missed a lot of time, he's been hurt a lot. This could be a very legacy cementing year for him. But also that after that championship, people were having actual conversations about who would you rather have, Anthony Davis or Giannis? Antetokounmpo. I recall those a, conversations. That was a real lunacy. conversation. Lunacy in hindsight. Absolute lunacy. But there's part of me that's like, what happened to that guy? Is he still there? Does he still exist? He's only like 29 years old. He should be in the peak of his prime. This is a guy who was an all NBA first team member like four times from ages yeah. like 22 to 26. This would be like, to put that in comparison, I mean, he was like, uh, you know, on those first teams as like a 21, 22 year old. Can you imagine if Luca was 29 and ESPN was ranking him the 24th best player in the league at age 29? That's, That's yeah, a little bit of stark. a weird comparison, but it's just, it's stark. I uh, it's it's unfair to compare AD and Luca. I think Luca's a generationally talented player, 
But it's just weird to me. It, that's all I'm saying. It's just weird. It's weird that Anthony Davis has kind of disappeared. And who knows? Maybe he'll come back and we'll all be like, oh, my gosh, I forgot that Anthony Davis is this unicorn who's incredible on both ends of the ball and is good when he plays. The unicorn with the unibrow. No, I I think I get uh, a little desensitized to all the Lakers nonsense and hearing about them constantly and the, the, the yellow in my face and the LeBron and that it, it's so draining. Yeah. But yeah, I think back to those days with the Pelicans and Anthony Davis and it felt like his limbs were each like eight feet long and he was swatting the crap out of all the shots and he was putting up 35 and 15 and nine and four. Like those were his, those were his stat lines, like points, yeah. assists, rebounds, blocks, like this is a dude who averaged like four blocks in the playoffs. It felt like at one point. Um, so we'll see. We'll see for him. I, I think it's it's interesting too when you think about him on the Lakers because he just seems like like a different player. Like a, like yeah. I'm thinking about NBA 2K. <laughs> weird comparison, but mm-hmm. on the Pelicans, he's this super long, lanky, kind of a skinny, um, high motor dude, and on the Lakers, it's more bulky and not in a bad way, but just thick worked out, um, plotting. He's got the NBA street fro at times. He's got the headband. He's got the big beard. It's just like, it's like a different dude uh, in a sense. And, uh, it, I mean, it would go a long way for the Lakers to looking like they're worth the crap. Um, if he plays well and can put up some big numbers and goodness knows the Lakers probably need that because he is their bridge to post LeBron and I think we're going to see this season a little uh, tinkering off from LeBron. And once he passes Kareem, uh, I don't know how much mm-hmm. he's got left in the tank uh, for this franchise. I couldn't agree more on on that last point. I really quick last thing I'll say about AD is, and I know we just talked, you know, we keep kind of saying the same thing, but I love what you said about how he feels like a different player. Pelicans Anthony Davis is. I forget that dude existed because I yeah kind of remember people were saying it's like oh my gosh he's like Tim Duncan but slightly more athletic and can dribble and play make and shoot threes it's like he's Tim Duncan on steroids and in hindsight again lunacy but it's like I just I I pay attention a lot to NBA player trajectories you know and we could have a whole podcast about this but like. A player's prime is almost always, you know, that 26 to 32, you know, with their actual like prime peak, peak prime in like that 27, 28, 29, 30 range. And it's very rare minus injuries, which obviously he's had his fair share, but it's very rare that a player peaks in their early to mid 20s and then becomes just like a decent player after that. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't think of a lot of a lot of past examples i'm sure if i thought hard enough i i could think of one because a lot of times it's usually like a devastating drop off like a grant hill or like a derrick rose um but with anthony davis that's why it's so weird is that it's like he was this generational guy and then now he's kind of just like oh yeah he's the other half of the lakers duo and the lakers kind of suck now <laughs> lakers duo sorry russ <laughs> sorry west brick well, do you have any other uh, players, or do you want to finish with our bold predictions here? I got, I got one more for us, and I like yes. that I have him at the end because uh, 
the end may be in sight for Mr. Chris Paul. I, I just mm. want to see what we're going to get from him. I want to see how he leads this Suns team that had a wild offseason. And, uh, yeah, so just a little love there for the point god. And yep. that that's the one I want to wrap with is, is, uh, is Chris Paul. And I, I think to some aspect, too, I had Cade Cunningham as kind of an afterthought, and he looked great mm. last night. Um, somebody that maybe could, could carry that mantle uh, whenever CP3 decides to hang up the sneaks. So that was the last mm. guy I had was Chris Paul, yeah, Cade I Cunningham. Like Cade might be my uh, dark horse, most improved player candidate. Ooh, that's a good one. In the category you had uh, Zion in. That's a good one. Well, yeah, I'll let you finish it out with some. I didn't really have any bold predictions. I I, I think Bucks at 60 was like my spiciest uh, take that I could provide. So uh, the floor <laughs> is yours. What do you got? All right. I got, I got three. I'll keep it to three. I wanted to try it because... You know, I, I mean, <laughs> Pelicans at one. That's that's about as bold as uh, as that bold as you one. could uh, make a realistic prediction. But um, I'll I'll do I'll do these three here. So kind of tying off of that. The, so these are my three predictions that I'm not necessarily saying this is exactly how I think it's going to happen, or I think these are going to happen, but that they could happen, but are very interesting. So. Uh, first one I have is all four teams that had home court advantage in the West last year. So the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Mavs, all four home court advantage teams in the West last year will all not have home court advantage this year. Okay. Again, that's not, that's fair. Yeah, it's feasible. It's not my standings predictions. If you remember, I had uh, Warriors at three, for example, but, um, for it to happen, here's how it'd have to go down. It would have to be a bit of regression from like the Suns, the Grizzlies. It'd have to be uh, Warriors and the weird Draymond thing, and maybe some you know time off for stuff there. The Mavs we both had in that seven to eight range, but I also think the five through nine seeds from last year, or the six through nine seeds from last year, all got way better. It's the Clippers mm-hmm. who we've talked a lot about. It's the Pelicans who we talked too much about. <laughs> It's the <laughs> it's the the Nuggets. You know, I actually am surprised that we haven't talked more about them because I'm super high on them. They were like a four or like a six seed last year without uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Um, and it would be the uh, Timberwolves who we've also talked about. So mm-hmm. there's a world. There's a world in which those four teams that were home court advantage teams last year. Still make the playoffs, but all is the five through eight seeds. Uh, second bold prediction. I know you and I both love trades. Um, yeah, I do. So I, I'm sure we'll have another trade conversation later, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But here's my bold prediction in terms of trades. <laughs> We've, you know, we keep talking about how much we don't want to talk about the Lakers, and it has to do with the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. This trade gets talked about all the time. Like the Lakers give the Pacers Westbrook uh, and two first. The Lakers get back from the Pacers, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. I think all three of those players get traded, but not for each other or with each other. I think those are three separate trades. Huh. I think, uh, and I gave some examples on where I could see them all actually going. Uh, Buddy Heald to the Pelicans. I think would be interesting. Mm. Now we're talking one seed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm serious though, because that's the thing. That's part of that's part of what factored into my one seed prediction is that they have a lot of first round picks to spare. For example, they have next year's Lakers pick, which could be total trash. Um, <laughs> so I mean, imagine they throw in like some Devonte Graham, a couple first rounders. That's easily worth Buddy Heald to the Pacers. I think absolutely. That's a great um, fit. Miles Turner to the Raptors. They could use Ooh. some, you know, some big presence. Throw, you know, I don't need to get too specific, but I think that's realistic. The Westbrook's the tough one. I could do an equally bold, semi-bold pick and say he doesn't get traded at all this year. I could totally see that happening. I could as well. It depresses me because I we're just going to keep hearing about it for the whole season. Um, I think Charlotte. I think, yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think Charlotte becomes the team that just, yeah. Hey, we'll we'll sell some tickets. I think they. They might uh, at some point contemplate. Let's just sit Lonzo, not Lonzo. Who's the one in Charlotte? Uh, Lamelo. Lamelo. Mm-hmm. They just decide, shut it down. You you have your toe is acting up, right? Wink, wink. Yeah. And they just shut <laughs> him down and, and suck. And um, and they say, sure, we'll take whatever. Give us Westbrook and a box of Cheerios, and, <laughs> and as long as those firsts are coming with them, that's fine. Someone's gonna sit Michael Jordan down, and they can be like Mike. Have you heard of Victor Wembanyama? They're going to show him a highlight reel. They're going to be like, you're going to lose money this year. We're going to get rid of everybody we like except LaMelo, and we're going to pretend he's hurt. But we're going to win. <laughs> we're going to win six games for the rest of the year, and we're going to have the best odds to get this guy. And then LaMelo and Victor Wembanyama are going to become a generational duo. What do you think? Yeah, and, and, and they're also going to tell him that, buddy, MJ, you – you got a good fan base here in Charlotte, but holy <laughs> crap, they would tear Westbrook zero jerseys off the shelf and oh, pretend yeah. and pretend and buy themselves into the fact that he's going to be a contributor and help build something here. And and MJ might take a cigar out long enough to at least ponder the idea. <laughs> well, I think part of why the the Westbrook to Hornets thing got so much traction is because Michael Jordan has publicly and frequently mentioned how much he likes Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he is part of the Jordan brand, so that obviously that helps helps uh but you know he's said several times you know oh i see a lot of young me and russell westbrook i don't know if he can still say that given russell westbrook's like entering his that's because his yeah that's because his glass was really full of whatever he was drinking during the last dance (laughs) (laughs) those reddish yellowish eyes um all right all right this is my final bold prediction uh you'll like this one i think it goes back to um awards mvp Here's the bold prediction. Nikola Jokic. I knew this is what you're going to say. <laughs> actually, hold on. No, no, no. Well, I think I think a, a, a nice bold prediction would be Nikola wins three years in a row. That's not where I'm going with this. Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid will both have the best years of their career so far, but neither of them will win the MVP. Oh, is that the honest factor? Because they're they're up against it's, an alien. It's they're up against an alien. I think it's in Jokic's case. Here's what I could see happening: He puts up similar numbers, just as good as last year MVP year, but the team has a better record. And then they start doing the shoot. Is he the best player on the best team thing that they always talk about every spring? But then I think voter fatigue comes in, and they ultimately yeah. go with another direction. Joel Embiid, I think. You know, I had the Sixers as the one seed. It's going to be that same thing. Oh, Embiid, obvious choice. Last year and the year before, the runner-up, uh, he's the best player on the team with the best record. But I think Harden is going to get in 
probably unfair amount of credit for the Sixers being really good this year because I think he's more of the X factor in terms of like if he's really good, the team will be really good. If he's really bad, the team might be really bad. So I think that will kind of split votes or sway voters away from Embiid. So I could see both of them having the best case they've ever had to be the MVP, but it's going to end up going to Giannis or it's going to end up going to Luca because he's going to average a 32 point triple double or something stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. Other dark horse candidate I had was I could actually see Jason Tatum weirdly enough. Cause like, Interesting. It's it's very feasible. Here was my thought. It's very feasible. Like he ended the last few months, like post All-Star break last year, I think I read something like he averaged like 31 points and the Celtics had the second best record in the league. Yeah, that makes sense I, based on what they did. Yeah. So it's like, do I think that's going to be the case this year? No. But it's also not unrealistic that he averages 28 and a half points for that team they end up as the one seed in the East. And then suddenly everybody's like, I guess we give it to him. You know, I guess he's the best player on the best team. And like, it feels like voters hone two in on that whole concept. But anyway, so yeah, bold prediction. Jokic and Embiid, phenomenal career years. Neither win MVP. I thought you were going to say Jokic wins his third MVP, but donates it to like Ukraine and decides that he can't accept it <laughs> on behalf of the Denver Nuggets as his, uh, his fellow uh, Eastern European countrymen. Um, now that's I guess if I, if they, that's a bold, all caps bold. capitalized. Um, I guess if I have one, I'll just, I'll, I'll throw one bold prediction out there. Please, I thought of as, as you're going it was with the Tatum thing. I feel like I could see some love for if the Celtics do click and they roll and they continue off last year's Eastern conference finals uh, success and they're doing it with a 34 year old coach who took the job four weeks before the season started. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could get some Joe Missoula uh, coach of the year buzz. And mm. as a guy who I remember watching in college, again, big connection for me here, but reliving in my past, my <laughs> high school senior year. Um, I could see that. I-, I could see him getting some love for, Holy crap. He navigated this terrible situation for him not for yudoka because that was yeah per, you know m- man-made but um yeah i could see i could see missoula getting some buzz i like that well i think we should wrap because we're, we're at an hour 40 and we're taking longer <laughs> than it takes james harden to uh to to <laughs> try to go to the basket on some possession so thank hey, you for- uh, is that reporter still out on the philadelphia court what's james harden doing right now is he uh, uh, haven't seen James. Yeah, let's go to our All live right. reporter. Um, yeah, haven't seen James in a while. Um, last we passed, he was mumbling expletives into his beard, and uh, all we heard was cheesesteak. So, I'm not sure <laughs> if that was an insult at the Bucks or uh, if he was going to get some post game food, but that's where we're at. You Thank know, you never know. on the court reporter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now we know. Hey, thank you on the court reporter. We appreciate that. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna mull over his cheesesteak comment until we do our next podcast. Diligent. Yeah. Until next time, there, buddy. Thanks for uh, coming on. <laughs> Thanks, man. I always appreciate this. It's always fun.